music has been good in both services and appropriate for our times and appropriate for the message today as well. Last Sunday, uh, we began to talk about uh, a new theme in our church called Expect Something New. And uh, tonight, we're going to lay out a vision for reaching children and families. I'm going to present that in the evening worship service. I hope you'll come and, and listen to that and, and be a part of that and, and join us as we launch out in that new effort. But last Sunday, what we did was we considered a, a promise and as we looked at that promise, we recognized it was a promise based on God's activity, and it was a promise concerning something only God can do. That promise comes from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19 and verse 21. I'd like to just refer you to that promise again. And the Lord says, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold... I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. And the result of that is found in verse 21 where he says, The people whom I formed for myself will declare my praise. The things God does are always new and surprising and impossible apart from some act of divine intervention. If you claim this promise as your own, fulfilling it will require a similar display of God's power. Now, the question is, is it practical to believe such a promise? What would it look like in a person's life who, who took God at his word, believing such a promise? Well, to see such a picture... All we have to do is fast forward from the Old Testament book of Isaiah to the New Testament book of Luke and look at the story of Mary. Remember, the stories in the Bible are stories of ordinary people in whose lives God did extraordinary things because he made them extraordinary promises. Wednesday night, we mentioned Elijah. Elijah, the Bible tells us, was a man like us. These were just ordinary everyday people. And so this morning, instead of having a, a biblical woman on the screen, I thought it might be better to have a more appropriate to have a, just an everyday person from our own time on the screen, looking at her Bible, considering what God might be saying to her. And this morning, you and I should be considering what God is saying to us. And so we look at first Mary, uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33. And the Bible says simply, this is a story we all know. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin uh, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of God. 
of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and ever, and his kingdom will have no end. So here is this promise that came to Mary. And first we find, number one, Mary was simply receiving God's promise. Last week we talked about how God's promises come to us. Uh, We don't discover them, they discover us. When God makes a promise to you, when you receive a promise from His Word, a promise of God comes to your heart. We talked about those times when we open our Bible and those verses sort of stand up in 3D fashion. They jump out at our heart. God shakes them at us and says, this is a promise that I'm giving to you. And so when God gives us such a promise, we're receiving it from Him about something He is about to do in our lives and in our world. That's simply what Mary was getting, a message from God about what He was about to do. Now, as you look at this, she's obviously surprised by God's promise. And should God speak one of His promises to your heart, it would have the same impossible and impractical character about it of this promise that we read from Isaiah or the promise that God gave to Mary. And this morning, although we're talking about Mary and her encounter with God, what you should be considering is what God is saying to you. What is the promise that God is whispering to your heart? What is the the assignment that God has given you? What is the major question that you have about God's work? And and usually it's, how in the world is is it going to be done? How will the fulfillment of God's promise come to be? And that was Mary's question. The only pause in this whole process was as she pondered what God was saying to her. In verse 34, Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? So second, we see in that verse, is Mary pondering God's power. She's thinking about this. How can this be? How is God going to accomplish this? It was impossible for her to do it. It would have to be outside the realm of human instrumentality. What about the promise that God has spoken to your heart? What about this new work that God wants to do in your life or in your church? How can it be? And today it's not Mary who's pondering God's power, who's looking at their Bible and looking at a promise in the Bible or considering an assignment. It's you, from your perspective, the fulfillment of God's promise is as impractical and impossible and improbable. And your question is the same as Mary's. How can this be? What could Mary do to bring about God's impossible promise in her life? Well, there was nothing she could do. This was something All only God can do, and it's the same in your life. So Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? That was the only pause in her response to God's promise. She paused to ponder God's power. How would this come to fulfillment? So we pick up again in verse 34 of Luke chapter 1. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, 
for nothing will be impossible with God. And so having heard those words, Mary takes the next step. She went from receiving God's promise and pondering God's power to surrendering to God's plan. What did the angel tell her in the face of that impossibility? He told her that she would have to leave the situation in the hands of God. She would have to let go of it herself and trust in God's activity. Yesterday I had it. Well, this week I had a man call me and said he wanted to come see me. And I, it was going to be a four and a half hour drive for him to come and talk to me on Saturday. I said, look, I can meet you halfway. He said, no, I just need to come and talk with you. I'm coming. He told me about what time he would be in Loosedale, having never been to Loosedale before. But he, had a, he came to talk to me. I had no idea. When he got here yesterday, he talked to me about an impossible situation in his life. And I sat there and, and, and listened to him. And having known him for uh, a couple of decades, I, as I listened, I knew that he was handling that just like he handled everything else in his life. He was trying to fix it. He was trying to fix the problem with his own hands and with his own resources. He was micromanaging the problem. And I said to him, what you need to do is you need to lay that problem at Jesus' feet. And you need not to try to micromanage that problem. You need to let the Lord handle it. And he said to me, you mean I drove four and a half hours to hear you say the same thing my wife and my daughters have been telling me every day. And that's what God was telling Mary. Mary, this is not something that you can do. This is not an assignment that you can accomplish. This is not a problem that you can handle. You simply just need to leave that in my hands. And that's what Mary did. She left it up to God. Now, what did the angel say God was going to do in her life? She was going to conceive. But how would that be possible? It would take a miracle. That's also true about the work that God wants to accomplish in your life or in mine. It's a work that you can't do. Your effort won't accomplish it. You won't achieve it by the best of your intentions only when we give ourselves up to Him, only when we acknowledge the depth of our own weakness and the depth of our own depravity can God begin to do His work in and through us. So today God is calling you and me to receive His promise, to ponder His power, and to surrender to his plan, whatever that plan might be, for me or for you or for our church. So the angel then gave her a little bit of evidence. He, she said, Mary, you want to see God's activity. I want to show you God's activity. Sometimes we just need to look around and see where God is working and how God is working. He said, Mary, you don't think God can do impossible things? He said, you remember your cousin Elizabeth. Now, remember, there was no Facebook back in those days. Mary and Elizabeth weren't communicating by Facebook. There were no telephones. They couldn't communicate by telephone. If there was a way of delivering mail, it was very crude and would take a long time. And the angel was telling Mary something she didn't know. He said, your cousin Elizabeth, that girl that you've known for all these years, who everybody called barren, who everybody said it was hopeless for her to have a child, she's now in her sixth month. She's going to have a baby. And so hearing these words, Mary made her surrender, and she, as she did, she was acknowledging her weakness. But at the same time, she was acknowledging God's strength because the angel said to her in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Now that's a, that's a verse out of the Christmas story. I know that, verse 35. But verse 35 is the most important verse in this whole message this morning. 
Because what the angel told Mary about how God's work would be accomplished in her life is also true about how God's work will be accomplished in your life or in my life or in our church. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. There are some things in your life as you consider them that appear to be impossible in your eyes. Habits that are unbreakable, sins that are unforsakable, prayers that are unanswerable, problems that appear to be unsolvable, and from where you stand it looks as impossible to you as it did when the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary. God's work begins when we place our faith in His promise and in His power, surrendering to God's plan, believing that the same Holy Spirit who accomplished the work in Mary's life that she couldn't do can accomplish things in our lives, changes in our lives in in the way we live and in the way we think, changes in our hearts that we are not able to accomplish on our own. It is impossible for us to do it, but nothing is impossible with God Even the hardest assignment are the hardest changes that he wants to make in your life. So, look at verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. So finally we see Mary simply accepting God's purpose. She was accepting God's purpose for her life. This is what God wants to do in my life. This is God's assignment for me, if you look through the scripture, wherever it is, if it's Noah building the ark, there had to be a moment when, when Noah said, okay, God, if this is your will, I will do it. I will accept your purpose. I am your bondservant. I will do, let you do in me and through me whatever it is you want me to do. And then the moment came when there was a man named Abraham, and God said to Abraham, I want you to leave the land of your birth, and I want you to go to the land that I will show you. And Abraham, the Bible says, he went out, he obeyed, he went out not knowing where he went. He didn't have a clue about where that place was or what God was going to do. All he could do was simply trust God and go forward. He accepted God's purpose in his life. I think about this, I thought about it this week as I thought about this message and I thought about the times that Mary might have related this story to Jesus about what, how God was working in her life prior to the time that uh, he was born. When our youngest daughter was born in 1985, she was born in Mobile Infirmary. That was the only daughter that I got to go into the delivery room when she was born. And we had two, I, I've told you this story before, I know, but we had two little girls already. And so You know, that was back in the day when we didn't know what the baby was going to be, so I crossed my fingers that it would be a little boy. We had two girls. I said, okay, this one's going to be a boy. And so when she was born, I immediately recognized this is a little girl, and a twinge of disappointment hit my heart. And in the delivery room in Mobile Infirmary, God spoke to me, and he said, Eddie, this is not a boy. She is a girl, and I have a purpose for her life. I can't tell you the number of times I have told her that, reminded her that God had a purpose for her life before she was born. Don't you know that Jesus sat at Mary's knee and she told him this story and she said, 
he, as he listened, he said, tell me again, Mama, tell me again about how it happened. She said, that angel said to me that you were going to be born. I didn't know how it was going to take place. And I just said, Lord, whatever your will is, you just do it. I'm your bond slave. And I thought about, I fast forwarded in my mind to the time Jesus was in the garden. And he had to accept God's purpose. And he had to say basically the same thing because it's basically the same thing he said, behold. The bond slave of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Except he said, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Simply down through history, we've seen, through salvation history, we've seen person after person hear from God, not know how they were going to do what God wanted them to do. Realized it was something only God could do. And said, okay, God, if that's your assignment for me, I'm ready. Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Maybe there will be a similar response in your heart today. Mary simply yielded up her life to God. There was no coercion, no persuasion. There was just this message from an angel that God had a work that he wanted to do in and through her life. And she said, Lord, here I am. Whatever it is that you want to do in and through my life, I yield up my life to you. Look. Maybe that's how God is working in your life today. And you say, I don't, know if, I don't know if I can be that person. I don't know if God can accomplish what needs to be accomplished in me. I remind you what the Lord said. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That's not just a New Testament story. We could turn back to the Old Testament and consider a shy young man named Saul that God chose to be king. And Samuel talking to this shy young man said, this is what's going to happen. He said, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily and you will be changed into another man. There is a work that God wants to do in and through your life. There's also a work that God wants to do in and through your church. You can't accomplish what he wants to do in your life you can't accomplish what he wants to do in your church. But the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon us and will enable us to do what only he can enable us to do if we will yield up our lives to him in absolute surrender. I remind you that many of you this morning who are here came to a moment in your life when you became a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hopefully you've come to that moment when you heard Jesus speak to your heart, revealing his love for you, and you accepted his death on the cross as payment for your sins, and you invited him into your heart to be your Savior, and you began following Jesus. Moments of surrender come at other points in our life. When we clearly see that God has an assignment for us, and we hear him speaking to us, and we say, God, now I hear you. I sense you tugging at my heart just like you did way back then. And now I know you're calling me. You have an assignment for me. You have a plan for me. Today may be your moment of surrender. Let's pray.